Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Jay, and this is the Rewatch Podcast. I watch movies all the time. Then I like to rewatch them, and sometimes I'll even watch them again. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad or just downright terrible. I'm going to watch them and then tell you all about them. And sometimes I'll have special guests join me. This is the Rewatch Podcast. Welcome back to the Rewatch Podcast. I'm Jay Thomas, and this week we are doing something a little bit different. We're not talking about a movie. We are talking about a series. And what series is that? Well, you can probably guess if you know the type of stuff that I like. Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+. Plus. It just ended this week, and I kind of want to talk about it. And we're going to talk about it in a very spoilery way. So let's throw that alert out. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. They're coming. Stay hidden. We will not survive. Leave us alone. When the time comes, he must be trained. Like you trained his father. You still want Kenobi. He's gone. Maybe you've been looking in the wrong places. I want every lowlife and bounty hunter to squeeze him. You can't run, Obi-Wan! You can't escape him! Alright, so Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus features Ewan McGregor returning as Obi-Wan Kenobi, but he's not alone. Also coming back is Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader. And what? I don't understand why. I mean, why? Because he's in a suit. And when he's in the suit, it's not even his voice, it's James Earl Jones. So what's the point of this? Well, my first thought was, maybe we'll get some flashbacks. That was my only thought, was that we're going to get flashbacks. Or maybe he was going to, like, see visions of Anakin or, you know, something along those lines. And let me just say, before I really get into it, I loved, I loved this era of Star Wars. The Clone Wars era. The prequel era. Do I think those movies are great? Moments are great. The, The prequels in general are deeply flawed. There's a lot of problems with those movies. Mainly some of the writing and the acting. The story I've always really liked of the whole thing of Anakin's fall from being a hero to uh, Darth Vader, which is a little rushed at times, I think, in the prequels. Um, you get a lot more of it in the Clone Wars animated series. And as of right now, all of that's canon, so that's neat. But, I mean, as far as just the movies go, they came out, I was uh, in high school when the when Phantom Menace came out. I was in college for the last two, and I've just always liked them. That's a very fun time in my life. They're very nostalgic for me. I love the originals probably the most, obviously, but uh, the prequels, I have a special place in my heart for him, and I really loved Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think he's, actually, he might be the best, I think everybody's kind of the best in Revenge of the Sith, but uh, Obi-Wan, I thought it was pretty good in um, uh, Phantom Menace as well. Phantom Menace, I like more than Attack of the Clones, 
which makes certain people very angry <laughs> that I know. Um, I don't hate Phantom Menace nearly as much as uh, I used to, but I've learned that I, I, I actually do think it's a better movie than Attack of the Clones, which is where we first meet Hayden Christensen, who I think when he goes dark at times, I think that's when he's the best. And so the idea of him being full-on Darth Vader in this, I was very intrigued by the idea. I didn't know what the story was going to be because I figured it was going to be something that involved Obi-Wan helping Luke Skywalker somehow and being known as Ben Kenobi, which, by the way, is a terrible alias. Maybe change it to something like Ben Thompson or, you know, Ben something other than Kenobi. Just seems like you're not hiding all that well. I mean, at least it wasn't something as arbitrary as in Solo. What's your name, son? Hot. Um, what? Who are your people? I don't have people. I'm alone. Um, Solo. And it was all going to take place on Tatooine. Like, that was, that was what I thought it was going to be. And then I heard that there was going to be a rematch between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi. I was like, ooh. Well, I like that idea. But other than that, very little was known in this movie. Then they showed trailers, and you saw that Obi-Wan was going to leave for a little bit. He was not going to be on Tatooine. I was like, okay, that's cool. And overall, I really thought this series worked well. I enjoyed this series, I think, better than Boba Fett. Probably not as much as Mandalorian. And I think one one part that I really wish would have been in this is that I wish the episodes would have been longer. They are pretty good at keeping the episode lengths at around 45 minutes or so. Somewhere in and around there. Sometimes even shorter than that. And they did that with Boba Fett too. And I wish they would have gone longer with some of them because I think there's some stuff that all of these shows, even the Marvel shows, they don't always have them timed out all that well, I don't think. We're, I feel like we're rushing certain sections when you could have taken a little bit more time. And I think with the fan base, we're going to give you that time. Like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, I was going to kind of go over, like, the whole series as, like, almost not beat for beat, but kind of go through the episodes. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to go over, like, the things that I really enjoyed and the things that maybe they could have worked on a little bit more. But uh, overall, I will say, Ewan McGregor, this is the best Obi-Wan he's ever been. Uh, when it starts out, He's very much trying to distance himself from the Jedi, from the Force, from being Obi-Wan. He's going by Ben pretty much exclusively, and he doesn't want any part of it. He's just hiding to watch Luke. That's all he wants to do and keep him safe. He runs into Uncle Owen, who is once again being played by Joel Edgerton, uh, who played Owen at in Attack of the Clones and then Revenge of the Sith. He hasn't talked overly highly about those movies. He's barely in them, so this is the most he's had to do. But he's a really good actor, so I was glad that he was back. And there's definitely some bitterness between uh, Owen and Ben. And the weird thing is, is Obi-Wan's shut off from the Force. He's shut off from being a Jedi. He doesn't really want anything to do with it because, let's face it, when he was... His best friend murdered everyone and destroyed everything that he believed in, and then he had to kill his best friend. He still believes that Anakin is dead, and he left him for death on Mustafar. Like, that's where he is, and so he's not having a great time. And he has this conversation with Owen about how, you know, if Luke shows any signs of the Force, he needs to be trained. And I thought that was weird. Like, why would he say that when he doesn't really have anything to do with the Force or Jedi business at all anymore. Like, he he acts like he doesn't want anything to do with it except when it comes to Luke. So, I don't know. I thought that was kind of strange. 
he's got a day job now. He works at like a meat packing plant and you see him cutting meat and then taking it home and eating it in a cave. Um, and I did like I did like it because uh, it, it reminded me of Ray in uh, the newer Star Wars movies when she's eating that weird puffy bread thing, which I think he eats that as well. For some reason, I liked just seeing the mundane life of Ben Kenobi on Tatooine, just watching this small boy from afar. Although I was hoping he'd be in his hut that we see in A New Hope, but he, he's not. He's in a cave. And then uh, a certain mission pops up, kind of falls in his lap where old friend Bail Organa, who's played by Jimmy Smits, and I love that character. I, I like Jimmy Smits a lot, and I'm glad that he continually just pops up in this role, whether it's animated or it was in Rogue One. I think I feel like he was in something else, but I can't remember what. But you meet him on Alderaan with his wife and his daughter, Leia, uh, which I did not have any idea there was going to be a character of Leia in this. I thought it would involve Luke. In fact, I think everybody did, and I think a lot of people wanted that, and when they didn't get that... And they got Leia instead. I, I've seen a lot of people online mad about that. I wasn't. I liked it because it was not anything I was expecting. And I thought the little girl that played Leia did a really great job at being this spunky little version of Leia that we've never seen before. Uh, Vivian Lyra Blair played Leia. I think she was great. I, I really enjoyed her in the series. She was in it the whole time, and I wasn't expecting that. I kind of thought this would be her part of the show would have been early, and then it would have been done. Uh, but she gets kidnapped very early on as a ploy to get Obi-Wan out and find him by uh, Reva, who's an Inquisitor. And the Inquisitors are Jedi hunters, basically, that Darth Vader has hired, and they are flowing with the dark side as well. And Reva has just this real urge to find Obi-Wan Kenobi, basically to, you know, deliver him to Vader, to get higher up the ranks in the Inquisitors. At least that's what it, it feels like anyway. So Bale shows up on Tatooine and was like, look, you're my only hope. He not, he doesn't say that, but that's that's the feeling that you get. There's a video message, and when Obi-Wan's like, nope, nope, I don't want anything to do with this. I'm, I'm just cutting meat. That is my life now. I cut meat, and then I eat meat. I think he was stealing the meat, too. I, I don't think he was supposed to take it. I, I got that impression because he was hiding it every time he would leave work. I'm like, Obi-Wan, look at you. I mean, I thought I knew you. I guess I knew Obi-Wan. I didn't know Ben. I didn't know Ben was a meat thief. But of course, he can't say no for very long because he witnesses a Jedi get killed and he still isn't hiding, but he there's regret there and he has to help because Jedis have to help. He can't help it. It's just the way he's basically been programmed since he was a child. Um, there's some cool revelations too with Obi-Wan. Like you find out he has a brother that he barely, he doesn't really remember, which is sad. Because then there's that whole thing of Jedis are taken when they're children and, you know, you're completely taken away from your family. And that it's de it's depressing. It's a really depressing life. And then when this is all you know, and then the person that you are supposed to have trained ends up destroying everything. It's just, that sucks. Like, I felt so bad for Obi-Wan, especially in the beginning, because he doesn't really want to be a part of this. And he's forced into it, kind of, in a way that he kind of, he has to go on different planets, which is nice that we're not stuck on Tatooine because... I feel like with Mandalorian and Boba Fett, like it's just it's Tatooine a lot, especially on Boba Fett. And then in, you know, a majority of the movies we're on that same planet. So it's kind of nice that we're going elsewhere. But he goes on a hunt to find Leia and he gets Leia, loses Leia, gets Leia, um, does get the force back to save her. And right around this time, uh, Reva shows up and informs Obi-Wan as she's hunting him down. He's hiding because he's still not 
really strong yet. He's not. He doesn't have the force fully back working the way it should. Um, he added enough to save Leia, but that was about all it was going to do. She informs him that uh, Anakin lives. And this was really telling that she knew Vader as Anakin because very few people did. And it freaks uh, Obi-Wan out to the point where he says Anakin and then it cuts to Darth Vader slash Anakin Skywalker in a tank healing up and his eyes open. And then you hear the breathing of Darth Vader. And it was such a cool way to end the second episode. I took that as kind of like he woke him up through the force, maybe. Or maybe it was just an editor thing just cutting to Vader there. But I felt like that feeling of finding out like, oh my god, not only is he alive, but he is Darth Vader. That going through the force and it ripples and he wakes up. And uh, Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader is pretty scary. I mean, those were the moments that I thought he was the best in the movies was when he showed that darkness where he'd go from being regular Anakin Skywalker to not whiny, but then all of a sudden angry, full of hate. You'd see it in certain moments, and then he would unleash it. And I, I kind of realize as this movie goes on, or the show goes on, in the movies, like, you don't actually see him kill a lot of people. Like, you don't really see him. He helps with Order 66. He kills younglings. We're told that. We see him fighting Jedis in a little, like, hologram thing but you don't actually see him going through and there's moments where you get flashbacks of him killing younglings and of him as Anakin but as Darth Vader in the Jedi Temple and you actually see it and it's it's pretty frightening and you you get that glimpse of how evil he is I've always for some reason had a disconnect with Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker of not thinking they're the same person Uh, even when you see him literally become Darth Vader at the end of Revenge of the Sith I didn't it just, for me, they weren't the same. And I guess they're not technically the same. I mean, they're the same people, but not really because one is the hatred's completely taken over. But like when that reveal happened in Return of the Jedi when I was a kid, I didn't really care or think it was, I didn't like it. You know, I didn't like that Anakin was, that he was Anakin. I don't know. It, it, there's just something about it that with me, it hasn't really worked. But I think with the show and over time, like I, I get it. And I, and I was wondering with Hayden Christensen being Darth Vader, like, what were we actually going to see? Because he's in the suit and James Earl Jones is going to do the voice. Like, what, how, how, why does it need to be Hayden Christensen? But in a lot of the movements, like, you can tell it's the guy that played him before. It's the guy that played Anakin Skywalker that we were with for all of Revenge of the Sith and a, a lot of Attack of the Clones. So it did, it did help. And there's this great moment where Obi-Wan is hiding with Leia and he sees Darth Vader for the first time go in this alley and... He's, you know, calling out for Obi-Wan, and this is the first time you see it, and he's looking horrified. Like, he's watching, like, who is this? Who's this man? How This can't be the same person. And Darth Vader's just going through this alley, breaking people's necks, dragging them with the Force, snapping more necks. Like, it is, he's brutal in this scene. And then they end up having a battle in the third episode, which I wasn't expecting, but it's not much of a fight. It's basically Obi-Wan getting destroyed by Vader. And he. there's this great moment where Obi-Wan says, What have you become? I am what you made me. It's such this great moment. And their fight is very one-sided. It's, it's very much Vader just beating on Obi-Wan. Because Obi-Wan's not fighting condition. He's not ready for this because he's done nothing but steal meat from his job for the last eight, ten years. So his force powers aren't really where they need to be, 
and his lightsaber fighting is not good. Um, there's a scene at the end of Return of the Jedi when Luke and Vader are fighting, and Luke is just hammering down on his lightsaber right before he cuts off Vader's hand. And there's a moment where that is what Vader is doing to Obi-Wan, and he's just overpowering him at every turn. Vader starts this fire and drags Obi-Wan into it so he can feel the same pain. And it is just violent and kind of everything I didn't know I wanted. I mean, you see Vader being vicious and scary, and and you're seeing him do it to Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Because the only time you've ever seen Obi-Wan and, and Vader together was Alec Guinness from A New Hope. Hello there. He's old in that fight. It's It was cool at the time, I'm sure, but not a lot is going on there. So to see them go at it this early in the show and then have Obi-Wan just being tortured by Vader... It uh, it made a lot of sense and was starting to click with me. What was that they that they are the same character and it was really it really worked. Um, Obi Wan does escape with the help of Tala, played by Adira Varma. She's an undercover agent with the uh, the Empire that helps um, Jedi escape from this planet, and uh, she helps Obi Wan get away. And I I thought it was kind of funny. There was a lot of talk online about this too. How Vader's just torturing him and could have probably easily stopped him from getting away, but he doesn't. He just lets him go. And I'm like, well, that's yeah, that's kind of what Vader does. Vader does let people go a lot of times. And I, I don't know if it's like a cat and mouse thing where he's like, I'll just kill him later. It's not a big deal. I hate his guts. I'll find him. Don't worry about it. And you kind of see the beginnings of the Rebel Alliance a little bit in this show, not a ton. But you get to see kind of the rumblings of it. You know, you're getting little samples here and there of people joining the cause and helping Obi-Wan. And there's some good moments there with some characters like O'Shea Jackson Jr. Ice Cube's kid has a, a small role in the last three episodes. I think it's more like last two. He's in it mostly, but I think he's a little bit in the, in the uh, fourth episode. Um, Camille Nanjiani is also in it. He plays a like a street hustler that's pretending to be a Jedi to get money from people. But he also does help. But it's implied that he does also actually help Jedi's escape if if they need it. Um, but I liked I liked some of those side characters. I, a lot of people have issues with Reva, the Inquisitor. Um, I really don't. I mean, a lot of the storyline, you know, when it's not focused on Obi Wan or Anakin slash Darth Vader, it it is on Reva and hunting down Obi Wan, trying to get close to Vader. And there, I wondered if from the very first moment you see in the show, which is Order 66, you see younglings training, and then all of a sudden you see doors open and clone troopers come through, and there's shooting going on, and their teacher's trying to protect them, uh, which is terrifying, because that's there was just that school shooting right when this show debuted, and it was like, ooh, that's, that's uncomfortable timing, and that involved small kids. And I was looking at the kids uh, that were the main group here. I wondered if Reva was one of them. And sure enough, that's what ends up being revealed. Um, when Obi-Wan is stuck on this planet with the kind of rebels that are helping him out, uh, they're stuck trying to get out. Obi-Wan talks to her through a door. It's like, what is what is going on? What What is your fascination with this? There's more that, that we need to know. Like, how do you know Vader? Like, how do you know he's Anakin? And then he realizes, he goes, you were there but you would have been a small child. And then you get that flashback again, but this time you actually see Darth Vader slash Anakin there killing younglings and what appears to be stabbing her, but I guess she got better <laughs> because she's still there. 
uh, but she's very much turned to the dark side, but she wants to get close to Vader so she can kill Vader, so she can kill Anakin and get revenge for what he's done. And I, it's, I think it was probably the worst kept secret that that was probably what was going to happen, um, but I was fine with it. I mean, I, I thought it played out well. Um, I didn't think that she was that bad. Um, sometimes she could be a little over the top compared to everybody else on the show, but look at Star Wars. There's tons of moments that are extremely over the top. Is she as bad as C-3PO in Attack of the Clones? Not even close. She's bad as Jar Jar? No. No, she's not. So let's give Reva a break. Huh? Moses Ingram does a very good job when she needs to. And I, uh, I, I enjoyed watching that. And then Obi-Wan kind of takes that knowledge and sort of uses it against her in a way and plays on vader coming to get them um he's and he makes a reference that like i'm bringing vader to you um and what's really cool is in that episode i think that's episode five everything's intercut with a flashback of ov1 and anakin training from the attack of the clones era and you see hayden christensen full-on anakin skywalker with the braid and everything, Obi-Wan's got his mullet back, and they're having a lightsaber battle this entire episode. You get to see their strategies, and they explain it, and it definitely falls into what is happening at that moment and in that episode, and it was just neat to see, and I like the way that they intercut it. And it was fun to see them back in that version, but you see how cocky Anakin is, and you see how, kind of with his actions, how dark he sort of is because all he wants to do is win. Like, that's it. And and Obi-Wan's like, you need to be mindful of that. Like, be careful. And even without a weapon, Obi-Wan was able to beat him. He's like, you'll always be a Padawan. Or he says something along those lines. And Anakin's not very happy with that. Once again, it plays out that, you know, Vader's only thinking about right here and now. And Obi-Wan's a couple steps ahead of him, is able to get away. But you see this cool image of Vader destroying a ship. Kind of like how... um Kylo Ren destroys that room when he finds out that Rey gets away. And uh, I loved that moment where he's just tearing the ship apart because he thinks Obi-Wan's on it, but actually Obi-Wan's on a different ship to get away. And it's great to see the Skywalkers are always babies. They're always whiny babies who throw tantrums. But I was going into Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. We have no confirmation, but we believe FN-2187 may have helped in the escape. And Vader definitely does that in a very vicious way. And as this is about to happen, Reva's behind him, ready to strike, but... He's Darth Vader. He senses it. Plus, we know he's got to be in a couple more movies. And she doesn't. And they have this cool little fight. It doesn't last very long. He's basically like, I know who you are, and I'm not really worried about this. And he ends up stabbing her. And that's not the end of Reva. She still has her moment a little bit later in the finale. Um, But then in the finale, which just aired this morning as I'm recording this, we get the second fight with um, Obi-Wan and Vader. And this time... It's much different because Obi-Wan has had time to get his Force abilities back. He's had time to get better with his lightsaber again. There's a cool moment where Leia gets kidnapped from Reva and they go back to this base and Obi-Wan has to come save her, very much like A New Hope. And it's very there's a lot of similar beats, but he has to stealthily find Leia. And in doing so, he gets better with the Force. He gets better with his lightsaber. There's some really cool moments. 
where you see like, oh, Obi-Wan's back. Like that's the Obi-Wan that we know. And going into that final episode, uh, it opens with Obi-Wan and Leia on the ship with a bunch of the like the refugees and like the rebel people. And they're getting shot at by a Star Destroyer. It's very much like the beginning of A New Hope. And Obi-Wan's like, look, I'm going to go. Vader's going to come after me. And then you guys will escape. And he talks to the people to get Leia to go to get delivered back to Alderaan. And Obi-Wan goes to this planet. Vader follows him. And they have a great lightsaber fight. Like, it might be one of my favorites already. Now, granted, the show just got done. Like, I just got done watching it hours ago. So it's fresh in my mind. But it was emotional and there's some just some cool imagery of the two going at it like it was Darth Vader fighting in a way that you've never like you've seen because you've seen him as Anakin it's similar there's not a lot of acrobatics like in their Mustafar fight but it's it's Ewan McGregor fighting like he was before uh, but with a little bit more aggression Vader going at it and they have moments where Vader wins and he buries Obi-Wan under a bunch of rocks, but Obi-Wan's holding it up with the Force, and he's about to lose it because he's thinking of all the times Obi-Wan or Anakin was saying, I hate you, and I am what you made me, and all those moments. And then he remembers Luke and Leia and what his purpose is, and he throws the rocks and then comes after Vader again. And then he goes nuts on Vader. Like, he hits Vader's chest plate, like, where he's got all the buttons. I've never really thought about that. Like, nobody ever really attacks that, but if it was in a video game... That would be the perfect spot to, like, attack. And Vader starts, like, breathing all heavy, and you can hear him wheezing. Obi-Wan lifts all these rocks behind him in the air and just starts chucking rocks at him. It's amazing. Like, it's the—but I don't mean, like, little rocks. We're talking boulders are just flying at Vader. He's like, oh, my God, what's going on? Again, Vader doesn't actually say that. Uh, and then Obi-Wan hits him right in the helmet, and then you get a, a very similar look that you saw in the show Rebels, if you ever watched that, when— Darth Vader fights Ahsoka, half of his mask gets blown off, and you see Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader, and it's creepy as hell, And because half the time it's Hayden Christensen's voice, half the time it's Darth Vader. Ewan McGregor's reaction to this, I mean, he's got tears in his eyes, it is very emotional, and it is very, it's the thing that I kind of had hoped this show would be, where you're seeing his reaction to what Anakin is now. And there's a moment where Anakin kind of comes back. I'm sorry, Anakin. For all of it. I am not your failure. Obi-Wan. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. And his face has got kind of blue light from Obi-Wan's lightsaber. So it, it feels like that moment... He's Anakin again for a second. And then he says, I did. This red goes over and he's Darth Vader again. The same way, I will destroy you. He's basically beat. I mean, Vader's basically beat at this point. And Obi-Wan's just looking at him with this sadness and this pity and this regret and just all these emotions. And he's like, And my friend is truly dead. And he basically says, See ya, Darth. And he just walks away. And... Vader's left screaming for Obi-Wan, and it's half Aiden Christensen, half Darth Vader, in this really, like, painful-sounding voice. That's everything I'd kind of hoped it would be. It was, like, the perfect way for them to fight. It was a perfect ending for the fight. I thought that was great. I mean, that it made everything in the show worth it. You see Vader again talking to the Emperor, basically saying, like, look, we need to send everything to kill Vader, or to kill Obi-Wan. 
And the emperor's like, look, man, you got to get over this guy. Like, maybe let's not worry about that. I feel like you're a little conflicted on this. And Vader's like, no, okay, fine. I'll listen to you, whatever. Don't be about it. And so then from this point on, Vader's just going to do what the Emperor says always and not worry about the fact that Obi-Wan is out there somewhere laughing at his expense. And there's just some, that's some of my favorite stuff. I think it's closure to Anakin that I don't think you really get in the movies. Um, they have that moment where you, you see the two basically friends at one point have this final moment together. And it's just heartbreaking. I mean, even more than the I hate you on the lava on Mustafar scene was. I just wish it could have been a little longer. I just wish the final episode could have been longer than like 45 minutes. I wish it would have been like a full hour at least without credits or maybe even an hour and a half. Like give us a little bit longer for some of these episodes because there's so much else that happens. I mean, in the final episode, Reva also goes to Tatooine to kill Luke because she knows she doesn't know who Luke is exactly, but she gets a recording of Bale mentioning it to um, Obi-Wan. And so she knows that Luke's important somehow to Vader. And she's basically like, look, you killed my friends when we were kids. I'm going to kill this kid. And she can't do it. I mean, once once she gets there, and, and Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru put up a, a fight against her, which I kind of liked. I mean, she's been stabbed at this point, so she's not 100%. Obi-Wan's late. Like, Obi-Wan basically failed his mission of saving Luke. Uh, the only reason Luke is alive is because Reva couldn't kill him. She just, she, she's right. She went to strike him down as he was laying like kind of passed out in this, in the desert. And she sees herself and realizes she can't do it. So I don't know if, if she's on her way to redemption from the dark side, or if she's just in this weird in between place, they could go somewhere with her if they wanted to. They're not saying one way or the other, if this is it, um, both Hugh McGregor and Hayden Christensen said they would like to come back. In some form, uh, Ewan McGregor said, you know, from occasionally maybe drop in once in a while as Obi-Wan Kenobi, he wouldn't mind doing that. Hayden Christensen said he'd like to follow up and, and learn more about Vader during this time. And I think that's a good idea. I like the idea of, of learning a little bit more about Vader if we're going to involve Anakin, you know, and stuff like that. I think that's that's kind of neat that we can do that. Like, it's one thing to see some of that stuff in the animated version, but to see the live action characters, the ones that we knew originally, like, I, I like that. I think that's kind of neat. Um, I don't know if they'll do an Obi-Wan 2. They leave stuff open. Uh, Obi-Wan tries the entire series to communicate with Qui-Gon Jinn, and nothing happens. He isn't able to do it. But at the end, he's he's full Jedi again, and he, he does finally see Qui-Gon, and um, Qui-Gon says we have a lot of work to do. And they kind of go off into the sunsets on Tatooine. Obi-Wan's leaving his cave. He's going to go, I'm sure, get his fancy hut. And if it ends there, it ends there, and I'm fine with it. I think the way that they wrapped things up with Obi-Wan and Vader slash Anakin, I thought was perfect. Um, the stuff with Reva was fine. I liked the moments with Leia. Uh, I liked the relationship with, with Obi-Wan and Leia. And when he looks at her sometimes with just the kind of the sadness of... You know, Padme should be here, and Anakin should be here. And I think one of my favorite things is he tells her that he doesn't know his parents, her parents, early in the show. And then at the end, when he's basically saying his goodbyes to her, he's he says that he does know them, and he talks about the qualities that she has from each of them. And he talks very fondly of Anakin, because I think when he saw 
Anakin in the shell of what he used to be in, in Darth Vader, that he was finally able to get over it and finally realize Anakin is gone. Like, he's not there anymore. Like, Anakin did die. And I wasn't the one that killed him. Like, he basically killed himself. And he's able to remember Anakin separate from Vader, I think. I mean, that's kind of how I took it. And I I liked that. And I liked that he was able to talk about him. And he also mentions to Leia, like, we can't really let people know that we know each other because she calls him Obi-Wan. She did call him Ben before, but now it was Obi-Wan. And he's like, you know, if you need me, I might be an old man someday, but I, I will I will come and help you if you need me. But we can't, you know, for our own safety, we need to be separated. So that kind of keeps them at a distance and makes it why they're so informal in her message in the first movie. But overall, I really liked the show. I like different avenues that they could go if they wanted to do more. And again, if they didn't want to do any more, I'd be totally fine. If they wanted to do something, a side thing with Reva, I don't know that I'd be totally in for a whole show. But if she popped up in something else, I wouldn't mind if they did more stuff in the Clone Wars period or, you know, the time in before the movies. But I don't want them to do a lot. Like, I feel like at some point we're we're going to start kind of infringing on does this really make a lot of sense. But if they did, if they wanted to explore Vader a little bit, sure. I don't know that I really want to humanize Vader much more than we already have because, you know, he's still like a murderer of billions of people and kids kind of hard to get past that but it was neat to see sort of character stuff from Darth Vader because you don't you didn't really get that a lot of times before so it was neat I I enjoyed these six episodes I do think I will watch them again Um, as far as where it goes in the scheme of the Disney plus shows Star Wars shows I mean I think it's definitely better than Boba Fett which I liked but I thought this was better than that and um, I don't think it's better than Mandalorian but I don't, I just like, it's Star Wars. Just I, I just want my Star Wars. So I like them all. Just like I still watch Phantom Menace occasionally. And Attack of the Clones. I do fast forward some stuff. But if you want more of Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen, I definitely recommend watching Obi-Wan on Disney+. Plus. The whole series, or at least the whole season, is out now. The Rewatch Podcast is an Alpha Media production.